everyone. Welcome back to the Pathways to Happiness podcast, where we talk about psychology, mental health, personal development, and how to live our best lives and become the best versions of ourselves. Today, I think we have a really interesting topic. It's something that I've seen personally influence my own life to a huge degree and something that I believe affects all the people around us. And that topic is the importance of self-belief, which is also sometimes called self-efficacy. And we'll be discussing how we can learn to believe in ourselves more when we don't feel like we're capable of success. And of course, we'll go over what all of this really means, how deeply it affects our lives, and the psychology behind why the way we judge ourselves is either increasing or decreasing our chances of achieving our goals and living the life that we really dream of. So I have lots to say about this topic, and I find it incredibly interesting, but as always, I just want to thank you all for your amazing support, both here and on the Nina Lavon YouTube channel. I love your topic requests, and I enjoy reading all of your comments, so thank you so much for being part of this community. If you aren't yet a subscriber, please take a moment to become one, and also please share this podcast and the YouTube channel with anyone you think might gain from this type of content. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. So firstly, what is self-belief? Well, we can define it as a person's belief in their ability to complete tasks or to achieve goals or as their confidence in their own abilities or judgment. And like I said in the intro, this is sometimes referred to as self-efficacy, which is a concept originally proposed by the psychologist Albert Bandura. So we can see from this definition that it's really a scale. So we could think positively about ourselves and our abilities. And of course, we could think negatively or somewhere in between. And as you can probably imagine, this is something that many, many, many of us struggle with, or at least struggle with in some areas. So we could feel incredibly confident about one thing, but really doubt ourselves in another area. And an easy way to know what areas we might be struggling with our self-belief in is to see where we question ourselves or continuously feel like we need encouragement in or look for external validation. It's pretty safe to say that we all have some areas of ourselves where we could improve our self-efficacy. And today, I hope to help you understand that it is possible for us to shift this self-belief and really highlight all the ways that doing so can improve our lives. And of course, we will discuss real strategies to build up our self-belief because, believe it or not, having positive self-efficacy beliefs can sometimes be even more important than having an ability. And I know we've seen examples of this over and over in our lives where we can actually be really skilled at something, but we hold back or we don't believe in that ability. And sometimes there will be someone else who is less qualified or less talented or less knowledgeable, and they just kind of step right up and take over. They do the thing that we could have probably been a lot better at just because they believed that they could. So they did. 
I used to be so amazed by those types of people, the ones that were so confident that they could do things that they just went out there and actually went for it, especially when they didn't seem to actually know what they were doing. And in my own life, I can think of times when I did the same thing, really on both sides of the spectrum, where I jumped in and did something before I was really ready and actually succeeded at that, or where I was more than ready and more than qualified and had zero self-belief, so I missed the opportunity entirely. I think we can all see these types of examples in our own life, and we can see for ourselves how when there is something that we believe that we're good at, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We are very likely to succeed at it because we assume that this will be the case. And of course, there are those other times that we self-sabotage and we fail at something because, again, we've already determined that this is how it's going to end. This is something I remember also seeing over and over again when I was a dance instructor. So before I veered into the field of psychology, I actually spent a huge chunk of my life as a dancer and a dance teacher, mostly for adults, both young adults and older adults. And it was interesting to watch and see firsthand how much self-belief played into the positive or negative experiences of the dancers and how many opportunities they felt that they could strive for. So, of course, many of my students attended classes just for personal enrichment or stress relief or for fun, but I also had a professional dance company that was filled with many women who were hoping to have dance as their full-time or part-time career and to dance even apart from just the dance company. Now, all of these girls were incredibly talented, and they all more than deserved their positions in the dance company. But I wasn't always able to convince the girls that this was the case. I would try to encourage them and express to them as much as I could how much I believed in their ability, but when they just didn't see it themselves, they did not end up pursuing a lot of opportunities that I think they would have done really great at. And on the flip side, there were certainly other dancers that did believe that they, they were talented or at least believe that they could succeed at something when they worked hard and they were right. So many of these girls ended up going far and were able to achieve their goals and dreams, but they wouldn't have been able to do that if they didn't believe it were possible. Because when we don't believe it can happen, we usually don't try very hard because we think, what's the point? So this was a concept that I learned to be true even before I went and actually studied this phenomenon. And like I said, I've seen this in my own life all through the ups and all through the downs. And when we're in a down point in our life, when we are not feeling great about ourselves, we aren't going to really believe that we can do better. So it's a vicious cycle. And I've absolutely been on both sides of the fence with this one. There was this really interesting study that was done, I think, in 1982 by a psychologist named L. Collins, and there's actually many related studies about this, but this one was a, a more famous one. But what they did was they looked at math skills in relation to self-efficacy beliefs in children. What they found in this study was that the children who had high self-efficacy beliefs performed significantly better on their tests. 
And what was interesting is that many of these children that had these high self-efficacy beliefs actually had lower mathematical abilities than the other children, but they still, again, did better on the tests. And they found that it had a lot to do with the amount of effort that these kids were willing to put out, which aligned with their self-belief most of the times. They had no issue going back over problems that they had done incorrectly, and they put out a lot more effort effort and intention into the task, whereas the children that had the lower self-efficacy gave up much more quickly and didn't even bother putting in a lot of effort because they thought it was useless. So here, the belief was even more important than the ability for many of the children in this study. And we can see how this concept affects us as kids And then it continues to affect us as adults, and it oftentimes gets a lot worse because we get conditioned. We get accustomed to assuming we can't do things, and there's a lot that happens because of this. There are actually four specific areas or psychological processes, really, that are affected by our self-efficacy beliefs. The first is our cognitive processes because, of course, it will influence what we think we are capable of doing. It affects our motivation because, as we just talked about, the time we are going to be willing to spend doing something will directly depend on how much we believe we are going to be able to accomplish whatever it is we are doing. And these beliefs also affect our anxiety and our stress levels because we are more likely to think that we are involved in situations that we can't deal with. We feel incompetent and that can generate a lot of negative emotions. And lastly, it affects our selection process because we are only going to choose to do tasks or activities that we are fairly certain we'll be able to manage or be successful at. So we can see that when we lack self-belief, how we can end up kind of living in a bubble, or at least we are striving to live in a bubble because we perceive everything else to be a threat. We worry that we will be embarrassed or that other people will judge us. And again, I really understand. I know how that feels. I've lived that in many aspects of my life, especially when I was a young adult and I really struggled with my self-belief in a lot of areas, even with little things that didn't really matter. I would make them into a big deal. I remember going into a music store when I was a teenager. I had been playing guitar for a few years but I just refused to play when I went into the store. I remember I was going in to buy a new guitar and I was so scared to try it out in front of the other people that worked there. I mean, these people were complete strangers and I had zero writing on whether or not I could play Stairway to Heaven well, but the idea of looking less than was very threatening to me at the time. And that's just a small example. There were many times professionally that I walked away from opportunities And looking back, I know that I was more than qualified, but I just didn't see it at the time. I was always questioning myself. And for me, this wasn't a pattern that was easy to catch because in many other areas, I was really confident. 
And that's why I think we aren't always aware how much this concept is affecting us because we will always have some areas of our life where we feel confident and we may have high self-efficacy in some areas and then really low self-efficacy in other areas. And that was definitely the case for me. And I'm not talking about trying to be unrealistic and think that we, we are the best at everything, but I am talking about having a healthy belief that we can learn to do things, that we can become competent if we put in the time and effort. And yes, some people will always have a natural ability that may exceed us in some areas, but that's part of life. We will have an easier time learning other things than different people. So it's just all part of the process. And we have to remember that we can be good at something and actually know that we are good at something, but still suffer from low self-efficacy or even low self-esteem in other areas of our lives. So if we boil it all down, we can kind of sum this all up as two sides of the spectrum. So a strong sense of self-efficacy will promote accomplishment and well-being. A person with high self-efficacy will think of challenges as an opportunity to master new skills or tasks rather than a threat that we need to avoid. If we have a healthy self-belief, we will recover from failure faster and we will be more likely to attribute our failures to a lack of effort when that is truly the case. We will approach situations with the belief that we have the ability to control them. We are going to feel less stressed and more optimistic. And on the other side, when we have a low sense of self-efficacy, we are going to view difficult tasks as personal threats, and we are going to try to avoid them at all costs. We are going to focus on the skills we lack rather than the ones we have. It is also likely we will lose faith in our own abilities altogether if we have some kind of perceived failure, even one that isn't significant or life-altering. We are going to feel more stressed we are going to feel more pessimistic, and we are going to feel more anxious. So as you've been listening to this, I am curious, is either side of self-efficacy ringing a bell for you? Are you thinking that you may be struggling perhaps with your own self-belief? If this is the case, we have to understand that this is something that we don't have to be stuck with. We can change this about ourselves. Remember, we form our self-efficacy in early childhood as we deal with and evaluate our experiences and the different situations that we are put in. But the growth of self-efficacy doesn't end then. It actually continues to evolve throughout our life as we are put in new situations and as we acquire new skills and have new experiences and as we deepen our own self-understanding. So that means that it's pliable. So let's go ahead and talk about how we can effectively shift our self-belief and what the sources of self-efficacy really are. One huge piece of the puzzle is learning how to minimize stress and evaluate our own moods when we are facing difficult or challenging tasks. And this is a lot easier when we know ahead of time, when we've figured out that we have a negative belief about it, or we have a negative belief about our own ability to succeed. 
we can think about the task and figure out ways that we can make it more enjoyable and take the pressure off of our, ourselves. We can set realistic goals and prove to ourselves that we can handle new situations, even ones that are kind of surrounded by a lot of uncertainty. So it comes down in a lot of cases to having self-awareness and seeing where we aren't feeling confident and just finding strategies that will help us see these tasks through to the end. Because the more that we can prove to ourselves that we are capable, the more we are going to change our mindset and our self-efficacy beliefs. The problem is that we are so used to not trying to giving up and making excuses that we aren't even, you know, used to trying. We're not accustomed to trying. So we have to start changing our behavior because when we change our behavior, we can learn to change our thoughts. So Bandura, the psychologist that we talked about earlier that came up with this concept, said specifically about this topic, the most effective way of developing a strong sense of efficacy is through mastery experiences. So what does that mean? Performing a task successfully will end up increasing our sense of self-efficacy, basically. So it's also the case that failing to adequately deal with a challenge or trying to run with it will really weaken our self-efficacy. So we just have to have, again, that awareness. We can't try to be a perfectionist all the time. We just have to start. We have to try. We have to start giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt. I feel that we think a lot of times that we have to know how to do something right away and that we can't provide ourselves with the space to grow and learn. We just feel like we should be able to just do it right off the bat or we're not even going to attempt it, but it's just not realistic. We also have to stop comparing ourselves to other people because firstly, most people aren't forthcoming. They aren't truthful. Maybe they aren't trying to deceive us, but when we are dealing with other people, we are only seeing one side of the coin, the, the coin side that they want us to see. And we have to remember that there is always a learning curve. And even if someone can do something better than us, what does it matter? We simply aren't going to be the best at everything, but we can still learn to enjoy the benefits of healthy self-belief. But believe it or not, there can also be an upside to noticing, without comparison, the achievements of others because seeing other people successfully completing a task can show us that it's possible for us also. And when we think of it as inspiration and only inspiration, it's something that can actually help us to improve our self-efficacy. The next thing that we can do is something that we can't get reliant on but can be helpful in this process and that is to get the help of others in raising our self-efficacy. So getting a round of applause, getting verbal encouragement from other people can help us overcome self-doubt. But again, we can't always count on that and there are not always people in our lives that seem to do this for us too often. But if you have some supportive relationships, you 
you can ask them to assist you in this, to, to cheer you on. Sometimes having that friend say, yeah, you can totally do this, can really be life-changing because we are seeing that other people believe in us and it can convince us to start believing in ourselves also. And if we're in the opposite situation where people try to knock us down all the time or question our abilities, maybe it's time to evaluate these relationships. Maybe these relationships are influencing our self-efficacy in a negative way. So that's something else to consider. We also have to think about our own psychological responses to situations because many of them are ingrained and are in no way helping us. Our moods, our emotional states, and our stress levels all greatly impact how we feel about our abilities, especially in specific situations that we have convinced ourselves we won't succeed at. So if we are already feeling like we are bad at something, if we are stressed out, if we are feeling negative emotions, emotions, it's just going to strengthen that belief. So again, we have to be aware of how we are feeling and remind ourselves that our feelings and our abilities are separate. And of course, just having the knowledge that we actually have influence here is really important because so many times we just feel like we are a victim to this, like we have no control but that simply isn't the case. So it's essential that we pay attention to our thoughts and our emotions so we know where we're standing and why we are feeling the way that we are. Also, something important is to celebrate our successes. I can't tell you how many times I have failed to do this in my own life, but it turns out that this little habit is directly linked with self-efficacy. So allow yourself to feel proud and excited when you accomplish things. Reward yourself. Take time to acknowledge what you have done. The more we do this, the more we will realize that we are actually good at a lot of things we aren't giving ourselves credit for. And a lot of times it's simply we're, we're not noticing them. So notice these successes and try as much as you can to truly celebrate them. Another thing that we can do is to journal about our growth and our goals and our thoughts about ourselves. Sometimes it can give us so much clarity when we actually write something down. And I always say this, but I know at least for myself, when I write something down, I'm often very surprised when I read it back because I hadn't really acknowledged I was feeling this way. And then you see it in black and white and it's really powerful and you can see, you know, where you are in terms of growth and in terms of self-efficacy. So I am a huge believer in self-growth journaling. Another thing that we can do is to really remember to question our automatic and negative thoughts. And this is a skill and an ability that is truly life-changing. And the most effective way I have found to do this is through something that is called cognitive behavioral therapy. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I bring this up very often because I feel that it is truly transformative. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I made a whole video on how we can use cognitive behavioral therapy as a form of self-therapy. You can also, of course, go to a mental health professional to a 
assist you with this, but this video walks you through how you can learn to do this process yourself. And that's up on the YouTube channel. If you are listening to this podcast through YouTube, I will go ahead and link it in the description box below. And if you are listening on any other platform, you can just go to the Nina Lavon YouTube channel and type in cognitive behavioral therapy and it will pull it right up and it will really walk you through the process step by step and also explain why it's helpful and really how this process works. So just remember that a strong sense of self-efficacy can play a huge role in just about every aspect of our life. Life is always going to have challenges, many of which we simply cannot avoid and we wouldn't want to avoid because they are important and will lead to improving our life. And a high level of self-efficacy is going to absolutely help us deal with these challenges more effectively. How we feel about ourselves directly affects how much effort we put into achieving our goals and goal achievement is linked to happiness and to life satisfaction. So it's something we want to be able to work towards in a positive way. So I really hope that you found today's podcast to be helpful and interesting and encouraging because we really do have a lot more power than we think we do. And our self-efficacy isn't genetic. It's not assigned. This is something that we can absolutely work on, which is going to help us gain so much confidence in our own judgments and our own abilities and help us be more motivated to try things that we would normally shy away from. I also wanted to say that this topic was requested by one of our amazing listeners. So please keep the questions and the topic requests coming because I really do take the time to read all of them and they help me to know what areas you want to address on both the podcast and the YouTube channel. So you can always reach me by email at nina.lavon at gmail.com. That's N-E-N-A dot L-A-V-O-N-N-E at gmail also on Instagram, which is also Nina.Lavon, and on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is at Nina Lavon. So as always, I want to thank you so much for spending time with me today, and I hope the rest of your day is extraordinary. See you next time, guys. Take care.